Amen. Glory to God. How many excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. It's kind of weird for me not to be able to have more time at the mic before I start to preach, and, uh, but I kind of like it. Don't have to do the announcements. How many like the new announcement set up? Amen. My daughter always tells me, Dad, do we have any new announcements? I said, just make something up. Just go with it. You know? <laughs> anyway, hallelujah. Well, let's pray and we'll get into the Word. So, Father, we come in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this opportunity to gather in your name once again. We're so excited to be here. We believe in the name of Jesus, your will shall be done in this place. Not our will, your will be done. We open our hearts to you, Holy Spirit, as our teacher to lead us and guide us into the truth of the Word of God. Thank you for the anointing upon my life to preach the Word, the anointing upon these people to receive it. Lord God, by your grace, we'll be sure not just to be hearers of the word, but be doers thereof. And because we're doers, we shall be blessed. We expect it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. If you would turn with me in your Bibles. How many were, were here last Sunday? If you were here, because I know there wasn't a ton of people here, but I, uh, we started a new uh, message last week that I'm very excited about. I believe that God is going to be doing some incredible and awesome things. I am convinced, again, because of the day and hour we're living in, God is wanting to do a, a quick work in the earth, bring in this end-time harvest, and then we're going to hear the shout, and then we're going to rise to meet the Lord in the air, where we'll be with him forever. Woo, what a glorious day that shall be. Hallelujah. Go with me in your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 1. As I mentioned last week, this is one of the uh, Holy Spirit-inspired prayers that you need to be praying over and over and over and over and over and over again. You need to be praying these prayers all the time. How many of you prayed th that prayer throughout the week? No, I don't need to put you on the spot. <laughs> but it is something that, again, um, it's changed my life. It's, I know my wife prays these prayers as well. Uh, it's something that if you will just personalize it and or, you know, put your family's names in there or loved ones or people you work with, whoever, and, and you pray these prayers over them, I'm telling you, if it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, you can expect to get the answers every single time. He's not going to inspire you to pray something and then you're going to have to wait, wonder if God's going to answer. He is God. Hello? You understand how I'm saying that? But look at verse, uh, uh, what is that? Verse 8. 19 and 20, 19 and 20 from the Amplified. And so that you, speaking of us, can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. How many of you believe out there today? Are believers. You're born again. You're a Christian. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We have in us immeasurable, unlimited, and a surpassing greatness of power. It's in us. It's in us. This should get the church a whole lot more excited than we get right now than you're getting when I'm saying this. You got something in you that is greater than anything on this earth. Selah. Stop and think about that. I made mention of this last week. Too many Christians go through this life 
as a big old canister of God's power sloshing around, but they not even, not even once begin to consider what is in them. They don't even recognize the power that's in them. Because if people get this revelation of the power of God that's now in us, oh, thank you, Jesus. There is absolutely nothing that you cannot overcome with this power. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you see how this can change your life? Do you, are you starting to kind of get a grasp of what God wants us, the church, to catch this? Because, see, God has, we have been dealing with a, 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 a uh, how do I want to say this, a religiosity. I don't even know if that's a word. I might have just made it up, but that's okay. You know what I'm saying that. But it, uh, uh, Christianity has become just like a whole bunch of other religions has a bunch of words, or it has a God and everything else, but that's the extent of it. It was never meant to be like that, guys. We have in us, you have in you, an immeasurable, unlimited, and far-surpassing greatness of power. Catch that. It has no limits. I could shut down right now and say you had church from my perspective because you have in you a limitless power. You got in you an immeasurable power. I understand for a lot of people, as I mentioned this last week, with our finite minds, sometimes that's a hard thing to grasp, but it's the truth. It's the truth. What does that mean when you've come up against the mountain? You know, God, Jesus said, we speak to our mountains. We tell the mountain to be moved and be thrown into the sea and not doubt in our heart, but believe the things that we say. We'll have what we say. How many people, Christians do that? And why don't they do that? Because it's an impossible situation. And they're approaching it from their own understanding, their own abilities. We're not supposed to, no matter what we face, no matter how big the challenge is, no matter how impossible it is, we should face it knowing we got God on our side and we got his power in us. And it don't matter how big it gets. It doesn't matter how great the challenge. It doesn't matter how hot it gets. You and me can overcome it. See, I, see some of y'all are amen and everything. Some of y'all are just like looking at me and saying, okay, Mr. Dan, why are you so excited all the time? Because this here is life changing. Are you getting this? It is time for us, the church, to rise up. I I think God's just been waiting for this day. Because, see, as I was saying, religion snuck into the church. And now so many in the church think that all we need is to preach the word. And I'm not coming against preaching the word again. I preach the word. But it was never just to be that. I am not supposed to try to change people's lives with just written word. Oh, Pastor Dan, what you talking about? I'm talking about preaching a word that is living and powerful. Living and powerful. If I'm just sharing this and it doesn't really mean anything to me and there's no anointing there, it's not going to change people's lives. 
But glory to God, I'm expecting the anointing on my life. In fact, I can tell you right now, the anointing's on my life. And I'm kind of happy about the anointing because I love the anointing. Because, see, when I'm operating in the anointing, it's not just me up here talking. It's the Holy Ghost talking. And I want you to understand, even though I might have a really good message, what you got in you, you got the Holy Spirit in you. And he may teach you something and show you something that I'm not even talking about. Can that really happen, Pastor Dan? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you believe God is omnipotent? You know what that means? All-powerful. Do you believe God is omniscient? All-knowing? I got kind of lost some people on that one. Do you believe God's omnipotent? I want to just see some heads shaking or some hands going up or something. Do you believe God is omniscient, all-knowing? He knows everything from beginning to end, end to beginning. Do you believe God is omnipresent? He's everywhere at once. How in the world is God right now healing somebody over in Africa, but right now I'm up here preaching with the anointing from God? Because God's everywhere. I'm trying to get somewhere with this, guys. You, if you are a Christian, have in you something that can change this world for Jesus Christ unlike anybody else on this planet. Why? Because you got the Holy Spirit in you and you got God's power in you. And it's unlimited. There is no limits to it. Selah. It's immeasurable. You know, my daughter's all into baking now. She's baking this, she's baking that. Sometimes it's not so good. Sometimes it's really good. And I, but the point is, she takes little measuring cups. I mean, we have measuring cups all over the place. It's like I, I'm, I do the dishes, and I'm in there scrubbing the dishes. And I'm going, how many of these measuring cups can she possibly use? But you see what I'm saying? There's a measure to it. You only put like two cups of, of milk into it. That's a measurement. God's power in you and me, it's immeasurable. It cannot be measured. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Ooh. Do you think God wants us to know about this? He wants us to get this revelation. See, I... Thank you, Holy Ghost. I always look back on my life, not to go back and feel sorry for myself or to get caught up in guilt and condemnation. But I look back on my life from the perspective of seeing what God has done for me, what, where God has brought me from to where God has brought me to and knowing where God's taking me. You understand how I'm saying that? But because of this, because of what he's done for me, the fact that I once was a sorry rascal, but now I'm up here preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because God... God chose me. He picked me out from amongst all the people that have ever walked this planet or ever will. And he said, I want that. I want Daniel. I want Daniel to be a part of my family. And because of that, because of that, I want to give him my all. I want to fulfill my, my destiny. I want to accomplish all that he's called me to do. I want to reach more people for Jesus. And I want to be someone who doesn't do it in my own strength, in my own abilities, but in his strength and in his abilities with his immeasurable, unlimited, far-surpassing greatness of power. 
It's, see, again, I'll, you only need to go back and start reading about Azusa Street. Read some of the books about what happened back then. It, it, it kind of changes you when you start to see what happened in those kind of, of meetings where people came in and the glory cloud was so thick, kids played hide and seek in it. Stop and think about that. The glory was so thick in that place, and the people caught it, what God was doing in that place, that when someone came through that door without an arm, they fought over who was going to pray for them. You know what would happen if someone came in like right now? Not saying this would happen with me now, glory to God. But if you know what would happen for a whole lot of church people? They look like, oh, that poor little fella. He lost his arm. Oh, and that would be the extent of it. Don't you want to be like the people in Azusa Street? God used me. Glory to God. God's going to use me. Oh, let's go over there and let's pray for this guy. Now, you say, Pastor Dan, I, I, I don't know if I could do that. That's why I'm saying go back and stir yourself up because it happened back then. They prayed for a gentleman who had lost his arm in work, at work. Couldn't work anymore. They prayed for him. And his arm grew out. His arm grew out. Now, you think it's something incredible when we see someone get healed of a cold. I thank God for people getting healed of colds. But what would you do if you saw somebody, an arm grow out? Okay, am I the only one getting happy about this kind of stuff? This should be something we get excited about. You got power in you. You got Holy Ghost power in you. You got the same power that Jesus operated in you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Resurrection life power in you. It's in me. And, and, and what is going on, I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, is, is we're going to get a hold of this, and we're going to begin to operate in this, and it's going to be like, whoa, it's being voiced abroad. What God is doing in that place over in, in Belgrade, Montana, do you hear about the miracles taking place in that church? Are you hearing about how hospitals are being emptied out and being taken to that church? People are leaving completely 100% healed. Wheelchairs are being stored up. That's what it was like at Oral Roberts meetings. They would come into those meetings on wheelchairs. They would come in with canes. They would come in on gurneys. They would come in with all this junk, and they would leave with all of that stuff left on the stage. I, I was just thinking about this and pondering this. And, 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 and again, when you have your mind this way and you have this kind of an attitude that God gives you and the revelation is becoming so real to you, God has been showing me, Daniel, this is what you need to do in order to get to that place. This is the thing that's going to take you through this place. And, and it's not something that's difficult. It's something that all of us should want to do anyway. Are you hearing me? You know, we don't do what we do. Um, how am I trying to say that, Lord? It's not our lives. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We don't get saved because of works. But when we get saved, it enables us to do works for Jesus Christ. You see how I'm saying that? But the church is almost like it's kind of cut off that last part. All the church wants to do is get people saved. And I'm not 
I would love to see people born again. That rocks my world. I mean, in reality, that's the greatest miracle of all. A person just went from death to life. Amen. Eternal destiny secured. But that shouldn't be the extent of it. We're supposed to be doing much, much more. In fact, read uh, here in first. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and just look up here. Again, this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing a letter to the church he had just established in Corinth. Verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Now, again, I want to reemphasize this. Paul was eloquent speaker. He was very educated. He sat under a Gamilia or Gamilia. I don't know how to say Why they had the really weird names back there in those days? But anyway. Uh, <laughs> but he was, it wasn't like he was stupid. That's what I'm trying to get across. The man was educated. But he's saying here, I did not come with you with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Again, if you're going to preach the gospel, that's it right there in a nutshell. We need to share with others about Jesus and what he did for us, what he accomplished for us through his redemptive work. Amen. Fact that he's been raised from the dead. Verse 3, and I was with, with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Everybody say power. <laughs> demonstration of the Spirit and of power. <sighs> demonstration of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit showed up and began to demonstrate through Paul. He began to do things through Paul. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Mm, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Verse 5, and that your faith, your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but your faith should be where? In the power of God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. See, Paul didn't want the people leaving from there saying, wow, he's a good speaker. He was, man, he was able to show me and convince me that, wow, that this thing is that and that thing is this and so forth and so on. No, he wanted people leaving from there. He wanted people leaving from there, get this, having faith not in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. Did you see what just happened at that place, in that church? Did you see the miracles that just happened there? See what I'm saying? But how many know that's just not the way it is in so many churches today? And we're going to get into that just in a moment. But notice this. If Paul wanted them to get the revelation of having faith in the power of God. And thus, when Paul was there, Paul didn't just preach to them. There were accompanying signs and wonders. And my friends, that's exactly the way God always intended for it to be. Are you hearing me? In fact, in uh, Mark 16, 20, listen to how this, what this reads. They went out, and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. How many know that's a good thing? The Lord working with them. And confirming the word 
through the accompanying signs. They just didn't preach the word. There were some things backing up the word. And, and that word uh, 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 confirm there, it means to make firm, establish, secure, corroborate, and guarantee. In other words, get this, the miracles that accompanied their preaching confirmed to those people that those messengers were telling the truth. I want miracles, signs and wonders, following the preaching of the word, accompanying the preaching of the word. I remember when I went to Canaan land, and one of the teachers in there, he was a graduate of Rama, and um, he began to teach on the gifts of the spirit. And uh, he began to talk about, you know, how they operate and stuff like that. But we heard the word, and what ended up happening, there were accompanying signs and, and wonders. All of a sudden, the gifts of the Spirit began to be in operation right after he had preached on that. And, and, and for a lot of us new to this kind of thing, man, we were taken aback in a good way. We were excited. We're seeing God move. That's the way it's supposed to be every time we come to church. But how many churches don't do that? If you think I'm making this up, where am I at? Oh, there it is. <laughs> Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And while you turn there, say this with me. I have faith in the power of God. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 3. And as, before I read this, let me ask you, I just want you to be thinking if this sounds like the day and age we're living in. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. That word perilous means harsh, savage, difficult, dangerous, painful, fierce, grievous, and hard to deal with. Verse 2, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Is this not? A description of the day and age we're living in? I've never seen some of the things happen in this world right now. I've never seen it more evil, corrupt, the lack of, of, of dignity out there, the, the lack of, 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 of respecting the sanctity of life, the lack of respecting people in positions of authority. It's gotten to the place right now that the devil is turning it up big time. I'm not trying to have a debate with anybody about what's going on in our country right now from this pulpit. But I'm telling you right now, this is all a part of what God saw was going to happen. And he has made a way for us come through all of these challenging times victoriously. I hope you're listening. When it looks the worst, 
Thank God we belong to him. Have you ever thought about the three Hebrew children thrown into the, the fiery furnace? Think about that. They refused to bow their knee to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. Again, what a weird name. But anyway, they refused to bow their knee. They're thrown into, I mean, the fire was so hot. We can't even grasp this. The fire was so hot that the, the soldiers or the, the people who threw them in, they all died, dropped dead. But not the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They got in there, and all of a sudden, there was a fourth person in the fire with them. Oh, thank you, Lord. See, they were able to come through it because they weren't in it by themselves. They had somebody there with them. And because they had somebody, that fourth man was there with them, they were able to go through that fire with not one hair on their head burned away. Not, not a singe or anything. They, didn't, they came out not even smelling like smoke. Well, they had the fourth man with them. We have the fourth man with us. But we also have the fourth man in us because see if they tried to throw me in the fire right now and that was being thrown into the fire for for wrong reasons and it wasn't part of God's plan for my life I hope you're listening to me I'm I'm convinced that my God is more than able to keep me being thrown into a fire pastor Dan pastor Dan who are you I'm a child of God I got the one, the fourth man, Jesus, is now in me. And if I went through the fire, I believe I would come out the other side singing the praises of my king. Hallelujah. I got evidence in the Bible that God's done it before. And if God's done it before, he'll do it again. Amen. Did you see how I said that? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my goodness gracious. It don't matter what we face, my friends. It doesn't matter what we face. But I want you to notice verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but what? Denying its power. Hmm. And from such people, turn away. Now, I am, um, I know this to be true. There are a whole lot of churches out there do have issues with churches that believe in the anointing of God resting upon someone. That means the power of God resting on someone to proclaim the, the gospel, to preach the word. They have issues with the power of God showing up in a service. There's a lot of churches like this. Oh, they'll come together. They may have a cross up on their walls. They'll get their little hymnals out, read, sing verse 1 and 3, not verse 2, verse 1 and 3 of their little hymnals. And, and, and the pastor, he'll have them repeat things with him. I've been to churches before, and they start saying stuff. I'm like, going, what in the world are they talking about right now? I mean, I'm not trying to be mean or rude or anything else, but I'm like going, what if you're a visitor? How am I, I don't know what to say right now. They're all saying it. I'm like looking around. I'm like, going, what do I say? 
So I stood up and started saying, glory to God. Hallelujah. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. That would be cool, though, right? But anyway. But, but see, these, these churches, these churches, I've had, I've had pastors come, come to me and say, man, I, I don't believe in that stuff. I don't believe that Jesus is still healing. And, you know, if he wants to, he may want to every now and then. But I don't believe in that. And it's like I'm saying, and it's like I'm thinking in my mind, and I said, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going, I'm going, so you don't believe in it, and you don't preach it, and you don't ever see it. I believe in it, I preach it, and I see it. Hello? Do you see that? Oh, my goodness. I tell you, I'm so excited about this. And what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to hang out with these folks? Are you supposed to go and fellowship with them? The Bible says what? From such people turn away. Why would that be? Because they will eventually begin to rub off on you. I, I remember I got this illustration years ago when I was a youth pastor. If you took a hot, juicy steak, what a sad thing the state of affairs this would be. Hot, juicy steak. It's in my mind, I'm thinking of a hot, juicy steak. I'm hungry. But anyway, you take a hot, juicy steak, hot off the grill, and you throw it in the freezer. What's going to happen? Eventually, it's going to grow colder and colder and colder to eventually it begins to freeze up. Do you know that's exactly what Jesus said is going to happen in the last days? The love of many will grow cold. And what people don't grasp and understand is you start to hang out with the cold, the chosen frozen, first church of the frozen chosen, you're going to find yourself beginning to grow cold to the things of God, to the fire and passion of Christ. They don't, they'll get to the place where they'll look at you and they'll, you know, if you ever went to a church and you lifted your hands, they'd probably stop the service and ask you if you had a question. I'm just praising God. I'm just lifting my hands to him. Are you, are you listening? And, and, and for the power of God to be in this, on display, why would you not want God's power on display? They, they have odd with people that believe that God's power comes on us. Until you've experienced it, I could possibly understand that. Not, not really because you got the Bible, got what the Word says. But see, I've experienced it. I know what it's like. In fact, I got the Holy Ghost on me right now. I believe it. I, I'm convinced of it. So don't tell me that it's not available for us today. I'm already in the pool swimming. Don't tell me the water's not wet because I'm swimming in it. Amen. These are things that we need to get a hold of and be bold about it. I'm not asking you to believe something that's not based upon the Bible. But if God wants us to get the revelation of this unlimited, immeasurable, far-surpassing greatness of power that's in us and for us who believe, then glory to God, I want you to get the revelation. God wants you to have that revelation. I, you know, I was just, uh, uh, I, I don't know why, I just looked at Riley, and this, I guess that's the reason why. But see, she's been telling us some things that God's been doing for her. She does, she's an esthetician. And, and when you're an esthetician, you're, you, you know, you're over these ladies' eyes, and you're doing a little... Thing, what is it? Eyebrows or something? I don't know what it is. She, eyelashes. Eyelashes. Thank you. And she, so she's putting this little, you know, I, I, 
I could never do anything like that in my life, ever, ever. I mean, little tiny, anyway, I digress. But she's talking about how some of these ladies, they get to talking and the, God, and, and the door is opened to share Jesus. And she starts to share Jesus with them. And that's awesome. It blessed me when I heard her say that. How much more is it going to mean to that person when they come in there and they have something wrong, a limp or whatever the case is, and, and, and the door is open for Riley to pray for that person to be healed. And the person is healed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're not just supposed to preach the word only. We're supposed to preach the word with accompanying signs and wonders. For all those naysayers out there, all they're doing is fulfilling what's written in the Bible. They have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. That's not us. I believe in the power of God. Jesus, the, the apostle Paul said, I, I, I want you to have faith in the power of God. Well, glory to God, I'm going to have faith in the power of God. I, my life has been changing. I want you to know my life has been changing real, real good. Because, see, God's working in me. I'm getting catching a hold of things. You know what I like to say to God right now? And, and, and I'm not saying this arrogantly. I'm saying it confidently. I say, God, you know I believe that. You know I believe that. And, and it's, like I'm, it's like he's smiling back and saying, oh, I know, Daniel. I know you do. Now, why am I saying that? Because, see, a lot of times people think they're stepping out in faith and they start to get all... I don't know if I'm really in faith or not. Well, obviously, if you're asking that question, you're not. Because, see, faith is based upon confidence in what God has said in his word and that God is faithful to do exactly what he said in his word. But if you are, you believe that, there's no doubt about it. You know God's got it. You know God's going to come through for you. Amen? Oh, man. But, see, I said all that to say this. What God has been showing me is we're called to have faith in God how many know that's true? The author of the book. We're called to have faith in the Bible, in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We're called to have faith in the blood of Jesus. Did a whole teaching on that. Faith in the blood. Hallelujah. I, I, see, that teaching right there has changed me. That teaching has changed me. I want you to know this, and I'm just putting myself out there to you guys. <laughs> I make mistakes. I have actually sinned since I've been walking with Jesus. Now, what happens when you have a revelation of the blood of Jesus, have faith in the blood of Jesus? When you mess up, you just get back up and ask God to forgive you and go forward. Knowing that the blood of Jesus is greater than that sin, knowing that that blood was shed for that sin, knowing that that blood of Jesus goes into your heart and removes the consciousness of sin and replaces it with a consciousness of righteousness. And because of that fact, I, you, see, people sometimes don't get this, but I, I, God's given me this revelation. I mean, I'm trusting this gets across to you. Do you want to stomp on the devil's head after you've messed up? Get up immediately. Ask God to forgive you and go forward. Go upward with God. He hates that. What does the devil want you to do? Oh, it's me. Oh, condemnation's all over me. I feel so guilty. How many Christians do that? 
I mean, I'm trying to make light of it, but the bottom line is it happens all the time. They fail to understand the power of the blood. They do not have true faith in the blood. I do. I said I do. And now I'm getting faith in the power of God. Faith in the power. I just like to say it. Say it with me. Faith in the power. Limitless. Immeasurable. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my, 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 my. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know what has happened with so many churches, so many people going to these kinds of churches, is they're used to those kind of services. You know what I'm saying, how I'm saying that. You see what I'm saying? That they're used to having dead services. They're not used to experiencing God in their services. I, again, they'll come and they'll, the, 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 the minister might get up there and share a really nice story that might make you emotional. You know, that little Billy Bob saving a little bird's life. But is the little Billy Bob saving the bird's life something that's going to help you in life? Help you to overcome the things you've been dealing with? I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be rude, mean, or cruel toward anybody because I'm not thinking of anybody. The point I'm trying to get across is I'm going to do what God's told me to do in his word. I'm going to preach the word firmly believing it's going to be accompanied with signs and wonders. I believe I have power in me just as you do. And as the Lord leads me, I believe I'm going to tap into that power. And I said this to you before, and we're going to get more into this later on. Probably not today. But faith is the fuse that ignites the power of God. Faith is the light switch that turns on the power. Did you hear what I just said? Can I just kind of jump way, way, way ahead in my teaching? Did you know that Holy, I mean, Holy Ghost power, of course, the Holy Ghost power has always been here. Did you know that atomic power was always here on this earth? Way before they ever discovered it. Did you know that? But it took them not only to discover it, but they had to learn how to tap into it. They had to figure out how to take that atomic power and tap into it with some kind of switch to ignite that power. I know where I'm going with this one, man. I got limitless power in me. It's immeasurable. Immeasurable power in me. So if I have faith in the power, what I'm really saying is I know how to tap into that power to change things in this world that could not be changed otherwise. Impossible things. Things that people... You know, I was talking to an individual, and they were talking about something in their life, and they said, you know, I don't even give something that they're dealing with as far as an ailment, physical ailment. And they said, I don't even really think about it anymore, you know, about, you know, applying my faith to it or not. It's just something I've accepted. They've accepted something in their lives. And I'm not trying to be rude or mean toward them. I love this person very much. But they've accepted something in their lives that's of the enemy. Did you hear me? 
Now, some people might think, well, Pastor Dan, is that, that's kind of mean. I mean, what about somebody that was born this way or that way? Have you not read about people in the Bible that were born blind or were lame their whole lives till they came in contact with the power of God? See how I'm saying that? I'm not, wouldn't it be a lot better for people to get a hold of this kind of revelation and begin to apply it in their lives and begin to go up to people like this Pray with people like this be set, so that they can be set free from things like that. Healed of those kinds of things. Do you see how I'm saying that? Again, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I've heard different ones that, you know, they've accepted the way they are. And that's, that's their choice. The point I'm trying to get across is that doesn't mean they have to stay that way. God's given us the means to heal. I don't heal in and of myself. You understand that? I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer. But I got the same power in me that Jesus had in him when he healed. Do you hear what I just said? Do you think Jesus would have any issues healing somebody? Study it out. Please study it out. Some of the healings Jesus did, he did grow limbs out. He did super-duper, alley-ooper types of miracles. Think about the... The, uh, who was it, Peter? Wasn't it Peter that even as he walked by, if the shadow of Peter fell on people, they got healed? The shadow. Where's my shadow? I saw this the other day, a little uh, a thing on one of them things that you watch on your thing. And anyway, uh, about a little, a little baby was kind of sitting there on the, on, on, on had the shadow, and the baby was noticing it and was making a little thing. You know, never mind. I thought it was cute, but that's I'm telling the story really bad, aren't I? But Peter had such an anointing on his life, the power of God so, so strong on his life, that even as his shadow passed by, people were being healed. He didn't pray for them. He didn't touch them. They came in contact with the power of God. That immeasurable, unlimited, far-surpassing greatness of power that's now in you and me. Now, someone will say, you say, now, Pastor Dan, so you expect your shadow to heal? I... You know what? If I get to that place, I have precedence of it in the Bible, don't I? It happened in the Bible. Do you you remember the Apostle Paul? Apostle Paul got so anointed, he used to wear sweat cloths. Well, see, there ain't nothing wrong about using a little sweat cloth every now and then. He used to wear wear, wear a handkerchief, had handkerchiefs. He'd wipe off the brow, you know, sweat off his brow. And you know what they did? They were like going to, you know, he's fixing to put it over here or throw it away or whatever. And they said, no, no, no. Let us have that. They took those, those, those handkerchiefs and they went and they laid them on the sick. And the sick got healed. Handkerchiefs. Can I ask you a question? Doesn't that kind of prove that the power is real? Paul wasn't there. Nobody else was there, but something got in that handkerchief. I mean, have you ever, everybody in here have a handkerchief? Give me a Kleenex. Here's a Kleenex right here. I know it's not, you know, this is a Kleenex. Billy Brown. Glory to God. Anyway. Uh, but see, uh, this is basically what a handkerchief is, except for it's cloth, right? And so Paul's up there sweating like I am right now, and he gets it all sweat on there and everything else. And the people took it and laid it on the sick, and the sick got healed, even though Paul wasn't there, even though those people didn't pray with them. The Bible says it was the handkerchiefs that were laid on them. There was something in that handkerchief. The power of God. It's tangible. It's real. 
it heals. It delivers. It sets the captive free. Do you believe you could do those things? Now, I want to say something to you. I heard a minister say this about Jesus raising the dead and other instances in the Bible talking about being raised, people being raised from the dead. And this particular minister was talking about how God had not used him. He had been used by God in the past to raise people from the dead, but he hadn't been used by God to do that recently. And he knew what he needed to do. You know what he did? He got in the Bible. The Bible. Isn't that a novel idea? And he began to study about the different incidences where Jesus raised the dead and the different incidents where the disciples raised the dead. He began to soak in it and meditate in it. And you know what ended up happening? Right after that, his son was declared dead. His son died. Dead. Dead. In fact, by the time they got to the hospital, him and his wife, the son was already down in the, uh, what do they call it? The, the morgue. And, and, and he has a tag on his toe, a blanket over him. And <laughs> God's setting this whole thing up, man. God's so good. He went into this morgue where his son was with that power of God. And he raised his son from the dead. Just to think if you had been the one working in the morgue. Rise up! And the boy rises up. He's alive. Are you listening? Oh, glory to God. The bottom line to all of this is we got that power in us. It's time for us to get the revelation of this, learn how to tap into that power, and then say, watch out, world, here we Declare the goodness of our God. Share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Abs excuse me, absolutely. But don't stop there. Be determined. Be believing. Be confessing. Be meditating in. Having the accompanying signs and wonders. Every one of you in this room, if you're a Christian, are supposed to be doing this. Do you know that Jesus had the anointing on his life? How many believe that's true? I'm, I, again, I don't, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm always going to share this. I don't have the time today. Jesus had the anointing on his life. Right? Am I, am I right in saying that? How Jesus went about doing good and healing? Oh, excuse me. How God anointed Jesus, anointed Jesus. He anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Jesus was anointed. How many believe the, the early disciples of the church were anointed? There have been many down through the years, men and women of God who've got a revelation of this. I might say it this way, who've gotten a small revelation of this, who are mightily used by God, the anointing on their lives. But I'm convinced, I'm convinced that God is wanting his church, his people, the children of God to get this revelation in them, not so, just so as a few pastors or ministers of the gospel are the ones being used by God to do these kinds of things, but the whole church body is doing that. You got power in you. You got Holy Ghost power in you. And you got to get to the place where you firmly believe without a shadow of a doubt that power is in you, not just like I said at the beginning, sloshing around with you, going through life, I made it back to, I got into heaven, God. Here's all that power. No, I didn't use any of it. Well, you got to get into heaven, man. You've used up the whole tank. 
preach the word with accompanying signs and wonders. I don't want to have a church, and we will never have a church that has a form of godliness but denies the power thereof. That ain't this place. I want everybody, I want every one of you, the new family, and every one of you in this church, I want you to be a part of this church, but I want you to catch this. We are a church that believes in what the Bible says. We are a church that believes that God wants us to have faith in him, faith in his word, faith in the blood, and faith in the power. Believe it. Can God use you? I want to say this to you. God wants to use you. Every single one of you in this room. This isn't something we get flaky with. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself. We're still called to be led by the Spirit of God. People have said, well, why don't you go into the hospitals and empty them out? If, If the Holy Spirit led me to. But not even Jesus did that. Did you hear what I just said? Not even Jesus did that. Remember when he went to the, was the pool of Siloam? The, huh? Bethesda? Pool of, when, when, the, when he came up to the one guy and he couldn't get in, he goes, no, I can't get in because the water stirred up and somebody else jumps ahead of me. There, and in other words, this place was packed with people. Sick. Ailing. He didn't heal. The Bible doesn't say he healed everybody else there, does it? He went to this one individual, and by the Spirit, it was one of the gifts of the Spirit in operation, he was able to get that man healed. What I'm trying to say is we still have to be led by the Spirit. But how many know that the Spirit of God wants to do these things? Through us. We have his power in us. I expect to do what Jesus did. What is my favorite scripture? John 14, 12. And actually, God's leading me to say not only John 14, 12, but John 14, 12 through 14. I'm going to get to that eventually because God showed me some incredible things where that's concerned. But Jesus said, Jesus said, and I'll close with this thought. Jesus said, everybody say Jesus said. If Jesus said it, what's that mean? Truth. Now, it's up to us whether we choose to believe it or not. I choose to believe it. Jesus said it. He who believes on me, he who believes on me. Do you believe on Jesus? The works that I do, he shall do also in greater works than these shall he, do, shall he do because I go to the Father. Is Jesus with the Father right now? Is Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father? Then why are we, the church, limiting what God wants to do through us? No more small thinking. No more limited dreaming. It's time to let it all hang out, so to speak. It's time to break God out of the box. You know what I'm talking about. Churches put God in a box. This is how we want you to be, and this is how we want you to move, but no more than that. Break the box down, guys. I say break the box. Let's just destroy the box. Let God be God in our services. I, 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 how many times have you heard me say this? Maybe, maybe you haven't. We need to learn to get people in here and let God take over. In this church, I believe that God's in this place. Hallelujah. You know, we had, we had, what, six salvations at, at Easter time? You know how many other uh, services we've had where people come into these, in, this, in this place that weren't born again? You want to know how many services we've had where people came into this place not born again? Zippo. We're supposed to get people in here and let God take over. Do you not want your friends to get born again? Do you not want your family to get born again? I don't want to offend him. Oh, so you want him to burn in hell. I know. 
That was so incredibly, yeah. I'm a hellfire and brimstone type of preacher. You're going to burn. (laughs) (laughs) We need to get serious about this. Do you really believe that we're living in the last of the last of the last days? I'll say it this way. I believe we're in the last seconds of the last minute of the last hour of the last day. We're that close. I've had different ones, different ones, different ministers say, I see a thin membrane. You know what I'm talking about when I say a thin membrane? You ever seen a balloon when it gets so big, it's really gets stretches and stretches and gets thinner and thinner and thinner? They said that's what they saw. The other side was right there waiting. That balloon's fixing to burst. I said the balloon's fixing to burst, and we're going to rise to meet the Lord in the air. We'll be with him forever, but that's not going to happen until this end times harvest takes place. The more are reached for him. Amen. And God doesn't want us just proclaiming the good news. Oh, absolutely, we do so. But we need to be believing for accompanying signs and wonders. Faith in the power of God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for this opportunity, this privilege, this honor to sit here in this place today and hear your word. This is not about us. This is all about you. Lifting your name high, magnifying your name, helping us, Lord God, to get this revelation of who you are to get this revelation of what your word says, to get the revelation of the power of the blood, and to get the revelation of the power of God that's now in us, available for us. Thank you so much, Father. I believe you have us on this, this particular message for such a time as this. You are ready for us, the church, to rise up, to be the people we're called to be, children of God, men and women of God, to go forth boldly into this dark world, letting our light shine before all men. And yes, Lord, doing the supernatural, doing the miraculous. Hallelujah. I see it, Lord. I see it. I see these hands being laid upon the blind eyes and those people being able to see. I see these hands being laid upon the deaf ears and then being able to hear. I see these hands being laid on the lame, people in wheelchairs and them rising up and walking, running. I see these hands, yes, even being laid upon the dead, them being raised up, all in your name. By the authority you've given us, your children, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I am convinced that this church is a church that's catching this. An understanding and a revelation and a knowing of the power that is in us. This limitless, immeasurable, far-surpassing greatness of power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, how we worship you, my King. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I believe we're Christians in this place, but maybe somebody just needs some prayer today. Whether it's for restoration, you've been doing things you know you shouldn't be doing, or it might be for healing. 
If you need healing, we have the power of God available to us to heal. It might be something else. You've been dealing with something, you've been bound for so long, and you want to be set free. The power is in this place right now for complete and total freedom. If I'm speaking to you, this is what I would like for you to do. I'm going to ask you to do something. If you need healing, deliverance, freedom, or just get right with God, I want you to stand your feet right now and come up to here right now, believing. When you come up here, that you're expecting to receive because you're not, it's not me praying with you. It's Jesus praying with you. It's Jesus laying hands on you. It's Jesus healing you. It's Jesus delivering you. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you didn't come up here, I want you to stretch your hands out this way. We are church. We're a church. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. My faith, I want you to hear this. My faith has activated the power in me. I believe when I lay hands on these folks for whatever it is, they're going to get what they came for. Ha, ha, ha. I believe it. Do you believe it? See it in the Word. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. What is it, your wrist? Hallelujah. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we declare healing power, virtue, <laughs> oh yes 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 driving out any ailment whether it it doesn't matter what the name is the bottom line is it must go right now in Jesus name I declare healing I declare healing in this wrist right now in Jesus name oh glory to God in Jesus name in Jesus name <laughs> thank you Lord ha 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 yes glory to God glory to God you are healed in Jesus name move it around now declare it you're healed in Jesus' name. You're healed in Jesus' name. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Jesus. Healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You just keep rejoicing. You just keep believing. You just keep shouting. You are healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Okay. Hallelujah. You know, I've been to the hospital with you. And I remember the nurse looking at you and saying, wow, I hope to be as strong as you are when you reach, when he reaches your age. I'm going to tell you something right now. You're a strong woman. I said, you're a strong woman. There's things been happening in your life. Challenges going down with your family, with other things. And the enemy's trying to run roughshod over you, trying to get you to feel feel depressed and, 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 and condemned or something. What am I doing wrong? Is there something I'm doing wrong? But God wants you to know that's not the case at all. He's positioned you to be there for them, to pray for them, to help them overcome what they're going through. Don't let it overwhelm you. You have in you the answer that they need. So you just keep rejoicing. You just keep knowing. That God loves you. God believes in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. This is what I want you to start saying, Irene. I want you to start saying, I have the same spirit. Say it with me. That raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And if I have this same spirit in me. That raised Christ Jesus from the dead. He, the Holy Spirit. Is quickening. 
is making alive my mortal body. That's what the Bible says. It does. It does say that. I, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The shortness of breath must go. Wrong lady, hands on her back. In the name of Jesus, the back is lining up right now. Anything that needs to be stretched out, we're stretching out. Anything that needs to be uh, uh, replaced, glory to God. If something needs to be replaced, Lord, replace it. Whatever it is, I declare her whole and healthy from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Her back, her breathing, glory to God. We declare her lungs opening up in Jesus' name. Opening up in Jesus' name. Ha, ha, ha. I believe right now for this to be true. I want you to take a deep breath. Take another deep breath. Oh, your breathing's going to be so much better. Go like this. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yes, you have a destiny still to fulfill. The devil's a liar. Yeah. You just got to put the devil in his place. Remind him you're a child of God. Remind him when you're satisfied, that's when you're going to go home to be with Jesus. And you can remind him that he's going to burn in the lake of fire forever too if you want to. Always helps me out a little bit. <laughs> Do not ever doubt who you are in him. And what he's called you to do and who he's called you to be. These family members, they need you. See how I'm saying that? They need you to be there to pray for them. Not to get caught up in the emotions of it. I know it's not always easy when a loved one is doing something that you don't want the loved one to be doing. But you just surround them with your faith and love and you rejoice in knowing God's got it. Amen. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love you, Irene. You're awesome. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, wow. hurting yeah okay hold it over this way so where is it right through here okay all right well father in the name of Jesus again I don't know what it is neither does she but glory to God right now in Jesus name ha huh. we declare healing that's right healing that's right flowing into this right now hallelujah I'm not the healer you are Jesus in fact as I pray right now in your name you said you would do it you will do it. Huh. That's right. He's doing it right now. You believe he's able to? Oh, I know he's able to. Right now in Jesus' name. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now move it around. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Healing. 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 Even if it still might feel that way, we're not moved by how we feel. We move, we're, we're only moved by what we believe. But you're healed in Jesus' name. You're healed in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen, Bonnie. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come here, Bonnie. I'll say this to you. Do not give up on that boy. There's still things he's supposed to do. And I surround him with my faith and love just like I know you do. And I believe in Jesus' name that he will fulfill that which he's supposed to do. Destiny is what awaits him. We just believe for that right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I'm liking this. I see our church catching that. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. 
Appreciate you, man. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. God is good. Amen. God is good. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I cannot express to you enough what this means to me uh, to be here to preach to you. And I'm telling you with everything that's in me, I expect accompanying signs and wonders. And this humbles me in, under his mighty hand. I know I can't do it in and of myself. I need you to be praying for me, praying for one another. That God's going to open your eyes to see exactly what I'm, I'm, I'm sharing with you from the Word. This revelation will change this church. Forever. Amen. I'm expecting it. I'm believing it. It's like I said, God, you know, I, you know I'm believing. I am believing. I'm truly believing. I, I'm believing. I believe what God said in His Word. I know this is the most simple way to look at it, but I tell you what, it helps me because sometimes I need to be really simple with me. What, if Jesus said it, if God said it, that settles it. Now I choose to believe it. I choose to believe it. I choose to believe it. And with that faith, I tap in to the power of God. It's the ignition that lights, that blows that power up. Oh, hallelujah. Do you, I know I'm going to get off preaching again, but I just thought about this, what the Lord showed me the other day. If we're operating in the same power of God, if that power is in us and God enables us, you know, gives us the revelation and we tap into that power and we do the things God's calling us to do. Now, I understand how I'm saying this. I'm not saying that we're supposed to go out there and creep mountains with our, our ma- <laughs> that we're the, Creator, we're not. He's the creator. What I'm trying to get across is the one who created the mountains did it the exact same way we're supposed to live our lives. He got it in his heart. He spoke it out of his mouth. And it happened. That's faith. And you might be thinking, Pastor Dan, that seems awfully a big thought. And I no more limited thinking. No more limited dreaming. I say dream big. The point I'm trying to get across is there should be nothing that we face that we just go, are you kidding me? Anytime we face something big, we just look at it and say, God, you got me here for such a time as this. And I know that which is in me is greater than that which I'm facing. I'm coming through this victoriously for your glory, for your honor. Amen? Are you guys catching this? Are you seeing why I'm getting excited? You need to bring bring you need to bring people in here that are sick, and you need to bring people in here who aren't born again. Can I just share one more story? Do you mind? I promise this one more. Lord, I I don't want to say I promise, but I already did. Can I just share one more story about this? How people have, or you know, a lot of Christians now, they have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Catherine Kuhlman was having a meeting years ago. I don't know if you're familiar with Catherine Kuhlman is, but she was a very flamboyant minister. I mean, very flamboyant. You ever seen her? And, and uh, so this particular man went because his wife just said, kept begging him, come to church, come, come to this meeting. He's having a healing meeting and everything else. So finally he went, but he went with a motive. 
They sat way up in the balcony, and all of a sudden, when the miracle started to happen, he started laughing and being critical and making, making fun of it. And his wife kept on elbowing him, shh, be quiet, shh. And he just kept laughing and making jokes and, you know, being critical of it and everything else. And, and he, she just kept saying, shh, be quiet, be quiet. And then all of a sudden, he got quiet. Then all of a sudden, he started saying, it's on me. It's on me. It's all over me. That power she's been talking about, it's all over me. That healing power is all over me. And he got healed right where he was sitting. Then you might ask yourself, now, why, wouldn't a, why in the world would God heal somebody that, like that? Because right after he got healed, he got born again. A sign, a wonder. A miracle took place. And God said, I got me another boy in my family. Hallelujah. I believe in the power. I will not deny the power. It's here. It's in you and me. Our motto ought to be, watch out, world. Here we come. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, I just pray a special blessing on these people right now. I thank you for everyone here. I ask you to keep them safe. Bring them back safely Wednesday night if they're able to come. For the ladies on Wednesday morning. Excuse me, Thursday morning. And then obviously for next week, Lord. Thank you so much for everybody. Blessings I, I pray upon them. In Jesus' name. Let me make this declaration over you. I declare my family and church family and me are highly favored and the blessing of the Lord is upon us. I declare celebration of life church is highly favored and the blessing of the Lord is upon it. And I declare the Buzz Coffee Bar highly favored and the blessing of the Lord is upon it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, you guys are dismissed. Love you much.